Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dexter's Lab. In today's conversation, I got the chance to sit with Alex Ambila, the artistic director of The Flavor Continues. In our conversation, we discuss the intersection of working in visual and physical mediums, the role trauma and pain can play in creativity, and the interplay between making art for yourself and the artistic things we're asked to create for others in order to pay the bills. I'm Jay Cottle, and welcome to Alex's Lab. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Dexter's Lab. I'm here with Alex from The Flavor Continues. Alex, how are you today? Good, how are you, Jay? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, so as you all should know by now, this is really an exploration of folks' uh, creativity, their creative process, uh, how they got into the field, um, and a little bit more about the work they do. So if you're ready, we can jump into our first question. I'm good, ready. So when did you first know that you were creative or a creative? What a question. <laughs> um, Get ready. I guess really young on, I don't know. Yeah. I guess really young, uh, early on, it was kind of a developmental process. Mm -hmm. um, it's just through drawing um, kind of freely. Uh, yeah, and really just trying to get better and better at it. And it was, I guess at some point, like, that was me being creative. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't think it really registered that what creativity was necessarily until later, of course, once I learned that <clears throat> there were multiple avenues in which you could kind of display this creativity. Um, yeah, I would say, I guess a, a little early on, maybe grade school, fifth grade, fourth grade. And were you surrounded by other creatives? Like, is your family creative? Were you kind of like the one creative dropped in a family of folks who don't identify that way? Um, my family is very uh, religion-based, mm. uh, but my dad, uh, he would draw a lot growing up, so he showed me a couple of things, and I think I took it from there, and then um, as I continued to grow, um, I found that one of my uncles was a musician, mm. um, my siblings were also musicians growing up as well, um, and that kind of helped a lot with just kind of finding what creativity really was. Um, I was super fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of friends that were really into like drawing and just kind of exploring that realm too. So. Great. So you've mentioned drawing a little bit. How would you describe your artistry? What's your artistic practice? Um, well, it's not just drawing. <clears throat> that I use for creativity now at this point. I'm also a dancer. Um, and I also do graphic art. Um, try my hand at singing a little bit. Uh, I, I love it all. Um, I think for me, especially through, through drawing though, it's been, a, it's been like an iterative process. Cool. I'll kind of do like an initial, um, like some some sort of initial project and then always revisit it until it's kind of at the point where I can kind of let it go. Hmm. Um, and I think I've been able to carry that process from like one medium to another. Hmm. And, um, 
it's been pretty helpful just to be able to kind of work in that realm consistently with, with like across the board. Mm -hmm. So since you're a multi-hyphenate and you're kind of having these different disciplines, do you feel like your process is the same no matter which lens you're working on or do you feel like they're like different modes you have to get it to, to get into each of those? Uh, I, I'd say there's differences for sure. I think um, withdrawing, it's kind of, a, it's, I'm a lot more patient with myself. Hmm. Um, I don't really, I push myself to be uh, better, of course, but I think it's, um, Something that I can really take the time, my time with. I don't know when I when I draw, I just feel like there's no, there's never like a real restraint. Mm. Uh, with dance, I feel like it's still kind of that same iterative process, but I think there's just a little bit more of a rush because it's something that I do every single day, mm. um, and it's something that like the people around me are, are growing and trying to be better as well. So we're feeding off of that energy too. <laughs> and then in that world, there's also like competitions and videos and, and like external drivers that kind of make me want to push a little bit harder and kind of almost rush the process a little bit. Um, and so at times it can feel like a little bit overwhelming and might have to step back. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of singing, I've never like fully explored. That's kind of just a fun sort of thing where I'm kind of learning things here and there. Mm -hmm. um, I guess with digital art, um, there's a little bit more of a rush with that because I'm actually using that in, in the work that I'm doing. Yeah. So the idea of getting better is kind of like a, it's the same thing as dance. It's something that I use every day, but um, there's a lot more of a rush because I have to improve from one job to the next pretty much. Um, and yeah, again, still a kind of an iterative process, but it's it's more sped up. So the iterations happen like four or five iterations in a day mm -hmm. because I have to finish it by the end of the day uh, rather than like a couple, a couple iterations of the same thing, maybe in, a, in the span of like a week or two. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so there's definitely a lot more rush um, in that realm for sure. Does it hit your spirit differently? Like the art that you're creating for quote yourself, um, but the art that also, I don't wanna say is commodified, but like has, more of an externalized piece to it? Does it hit you differently when you're creating or as reflecting on it? Yes. <laughs> um, well, the art that I do for myself, kind of like I said with uh, drawing, there's no rush. Mm. I'm not I'm, good. I'm not under any time constraints. It's just me and my art. And, and I can kind of just go wherever I want with that. Mm -hmm. um, same with dance too, if I'm just practicing to really feel something out hmm. it's just me and my dance and i'm not rushing myself i'll take an hour two hours three hours however long it takes to kind of really um let whatever i'm, I'm reaching for manifest and then i can go from there mm -hmm. um for like more public facing or for outward facing stuff 
Um, it feels, I try to make it as close to genuine as possible. Mm. But of course, when you're under pressure and when there are time constraints, it's not always going to turn out perfect. Mm. Um, <laughs> also, perfect is very subjective. Um, but <laughs> um, to that respect, I still think that sometimes I let go of the art a little bit early. Mm. And in terms of um, like a lot of the public facing stuff, just because people just want it now, you know, people just want it tomorrow. Um, and I can't always control the outcome. So um, I just do the best that I can and, and kind of get it as close to where I want it to be. As a um, there are moments where it takes a completely different turn and let's say I'm doing digital art for a client and they have a completely different idea than I have. Mm. If I suggest something and they don't like that and they want me to stick to their, um, like to their idea, mm -hmm. uh, mentally I'll kind of just feel like, you know, I'm doing it for the paycheck. Like yeah. that's, that's kind of, the, um, that'll be the conclusion in my head. And, yeah. I'll still work on it. I'll still do the best that I can. But if I don't have any, like if there's no leeway there, if I don't have any sort of creative, uh, if I'm not able to put any like input into the, the work that I'm doing, then it kind of just feels, it feels really disingenuous. And just, you know, it feels um, disconnected <clears throat> for sure. Um, but again, I try to get it as close as possible to my own vision and just, let it go when it's time to let it go. So you talked a little bit about, you know, you just said like sometimes you dance for hours and you're trying to figure things out. And I'm wondering what does, even the word to describe it is, is very subjective, but some, you know, creatives, when they're in the zone, that's what I'm looking for, the zone. What does that feel like? Some call it like the flow and like Others say they're having this out of body experience. What does it feel like and look like for you? And is that different when you're drawing or when you're dancing? Um, it's definitely different when I'm, let me cover that first. Mm -hmm. uh, from one medium to the other, it's always gonna be different. Mm -hmm. um, drawing, for me, it's almost instant. Mm -hmm. I can just pick up a pencil, once I put the pen to paper, it's just, wow, it just goes, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I could sit there for hours and just draw and not worry about anything, but obviously life happens. <laughs> so other things need to be done. Um, with draw, with uh, dancing, it's, I think it takes a little bit. Like I, I, I guess I have to warm up my brain <clears throat> to the idea that I'm going to be moving my body a lot mm. and I have to warm up my body. And then from there, um, I think it's, it starts with, me kind of deciding what I'm going to focus on for that day. Um, sometimes I will have no focus and I kind of just let my brain run. Um, but I think the, <clears throat> I think it's, uh, it's hard to kind of feel, um, what's the word? Excuse <laughs> me. It's hard to feel uh, like I'm getting anything done if I'm kind of just sitting there without any goal. Mm. Um, 
So a lot of time when I'm dancing and I have no kind of real pathway, um, I, I'll just explore. Um, and it, it, it's, it's good and bad because if I'm just exploring, I'm essentially doing that in order to like find something that, like find something new. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also the risk of not finding anything new and kind of just going through the motions, which, which does happen um, a lot more times than not, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Uh, because we all get creative blocks sometimes. Sure. Um, yeah. And in those moments, I kind of just feel like I got nothing done. Um, yeah. But at the moments where I do find like a focus, that's kind of when I'm able to get into the zone and just really take it to a, to a different level. Mm. Um, yeah. I think uh, with graphic art, it's Kind of just getting into the, the, the like a, a good workflow and that'll kind of just take me. Um, and that's not too, too hard to get to. Mm-hmm. Depends on the day, depends on the time of day. Um, mm-hmm. But I can definitely get there. Um, with dance, it's really interesting because I kind of went through this journey of. Um, trying to figure out what my intentions were in dance. And that led me to understanding what being in the zone actually is and what that's for, for me, in terms of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, At first it was kind of like a, it was a release. And then I started feeling like, it was like I was carrying baggage around with me all the time. So my movements in dance started feeling like um, the go-to for whenever I was sad or whenever I was angry. Sure. And so at that point, every time I danced, <clears throat> I would either just feel sad or angry. Mm. Um, and it just, it didn't feel right. So I kind of had to take a step back for a little bit. Um, it was like two or three months. And then once I got back into it, um, I try to approach it in a meditative uh, way. Mm-hmm. So now whenever I go to dance, I use it in a way that will help me like clear my mind and zone out. Mm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and so that process was, um, was very helpful, very constructive for me because um, it kind of helped me build a, um, a uh, better foundation for me in terms of dance. Mm. It's so interesting. It feels a little Pavlovian because it's like you did that thing as a response to things that you were feeling. And then it kind of sounded like you built the correlation between that so strongly that then when you would even do that thing, it would then trigger that feeling in you, right? Like the, the the cause and effect kind of switch sometimes because it was so rooted in that response. And you had to like shift how you even go about dance to, to I think that's really interesting. Yeah, it um, really opened my eyes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
So what in your personal life or your personal history uh, made you go, yes, this is what I want to do. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to bring this into adulthood. <clears throat> um, growing up, I was this shy, energetic kid. In my, you did so in my much from dancers, and it always yeah. happens. It's so interesting. <laughs> Same story. Uh, <laughs> nothing you haven't heard before. Uh, yeah, dance was just kind of a... It was an escape from, from normal life. I could kind of just um, zone out and, and do whatever I felt like, you know, was right. Um, I remember when I was started learning, I would, um, this is back in the YouTube days where you'd play a clip <laughs> on YouTube and then wait for it to load the whole day and then go back, yep. back at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah so I was doing that. You're telling on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Uh, but I was doing that for a while and just like learning as much information as possible for that. Just reading up on as much stuff as I could when I could. And uh, um, yeah, just really digging deep into that world. It was just, um, it was super new to me. It was very exciting. And I just, I love seeing uh, progress. Cool. Of seeing progress in, in what I was doing from like practicing, and that's kind of how I developed the, like the process, the iterative process. Mm. I'll just take that thing that I learned and I do it over and over and over again until I was sick of it, mm -hmm. and then I would kind of step away from that structure and just um, be free with it, mm. see how comfortable I can get, mm -hmm. and then go back and learn some more stuff about it, and then I'd do it over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think seeing progress is probably the, the best part of it, um, because it, just, it felt like I was accomplishing something. I felt mm -hmm. very, very good about uh, myself in these moments. It was, um, it was good. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it was just me. <laughs> um, I grew up in Watertown, Massachusetts, and... Mm -hmm. There was there is no dancers there that or at least no dancers that were doing what I was trying to do. Yeah. Um, so I was that kid <laughs> that danced in high school um, and in middle school. Um, I didn't have a problem with that. Um, but after kind of years of you know just being alone, once I kind of start to meet other people like in college and after college there was um super eye-opening there was a lot of a lot of progress was made a lot of connections were made and i i learned a lot of new things in such a in the short period of time that i was out of college mm. um compared to me just being alone um but um yeah that is where i come from it's like from my dance development. So, classic question here. Do you think that you are born creative, born an artist? Is it something that you can learn and develop over time um, or be nurtured into you? So, it's the nature versus nurture question as it relates to artistry and creativity. Wow, that is a big question. <laughs> Huh, never really thought about this. I think 
And bear with me, because mm -hmm. I'm just figuring this out now. <laughs> I think that creativity can be learned, but to a point. Okay. I um, I, as a person, am a very calculated person, or at least I like to think I am. <clears throat> um, and because of that, it leads me to, and I, I kind of just was able to learn a lot of things, I guess, in the processes that I was using. Um, I think that you can kind of learn the basis of these creative um, methods and these creative outlets for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I think after learning the base of that, you are essentially on a very basic level creative, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it takes a little more, uh, it would take a little more to like be able to take that and develop it into something more. Mm -hmm. right, something that is like a hundred percent yourself. Mm -hmm. That you're not really looking outward for, but more looking inward and being mm -hmm. able to express that. Um, and I think that takes um, a lot of. I guess that I guess it would take something that you you would already have like inside you, maybe from like growing up. Or, mm. um, I'm just trying to think because most of the creative people that I know are people that have grown up in some sort of um, difficulty in their life. Interesting. From a very young age. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of the creative people that I know are, are from sort of a rough place and have been able to get to where they're at through um, through their creativity. Mm. Uh, I haven't met many people that have kind of grew up in a creative household and were told that it was okay to kind of express yourself. Mm. Um, but like, I'm sure that is a, that's a valid method of, of, of instilling creativity in a young mind, for sure. Um, uh, I've heard stories of that working. Um, <laughs> heard stories. <laughs> I've heard stories. I haven't right. met many. I've like, mm -hmm. I've met many people that actually have lived that lifestyle, right. um, who have parents and grandparents that are creative and um, are creative themselves because mm -hmm. of that. But. Um, yeah, I just think that there's something special about growing up in the struggle and taking that struggle and turning it into something positive. Sure. Because in order to do that, you have to really understand what that is. Yeah. Even if it's like a subconscious understanding, mm -hmm. part of you is still like, hey, you can take this energy and mm -hmm. like, release it out into the world as something else. You know? It doesn't have to be violence. It doesn't right. have to be um, like 
anger. It doesn't have to be sadness. It could be something else. You can make a picture showing something. You can make a sculpture showing how mad you are. Mm. You can write a song. You can dance. Uh, and I, yeah, I just I think there's something really special about that. And I don't think that is taught. I think that is something that can be cultivated for sure. Mm. But I think there has to be kind of like a face first, mm-hmm. um, leading up to that point. Okay. Um, for the, I guess for the people that are taught from a young age, mm-hmm. obviously surrounding yourself with creative people that early on um, absolutely will have an impact on kind of how you, you, you develop and how you perceive uh, creativity sure. just in general. Because that's the equivalent of I don't know, growing up in a in a household where everybody's like a mathematic or a, a, a mathematician, you know? If it's if it's natural mm. in, to, in your family, if that's the environment, then of course you're gonna develop to kind of take on those traits. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's possible as well. I, I don't think there's, it's like one or the other. I think. Um, you can kind of, exist both in both worlds but i think it's more common uh, to have people who are just kind of naturally inclined to be creative because they were a little little bit of a little bit of trauma a little bit of struggle a little bit of trauma you know (laughs) a little bit of suffering right yeah um okay so to go down that rabbit hole a little bit more what do you say yeah. to folks because i know that you guys work with young people on some aspects of your work and you know you meet a lot of adults who say well i'm not creative right like i could never i don't have that muscle what do you say to those folks and do you feel like there's an opportunity for folks to kind of retroactively gain or tap into these things that you're talking about um wow yes uh, i think there is something that can be done about that um, for people who say that they're not creative or they can never be creative, um, I think it's just about finding examples throughout like their daily life where they're thinking um, to solve a problem. You know, maybe even in like to solve a problem in their own way. It could be something small, but. <clears throat> I guess realizing that you can solve a problem in a, in, in a way that you've kind of either been picked, like picked up or along the way or just something that came out of your head, that is a great example of using creativity mm-hmm. um, in your regular life. Um, it's just about harnessing that and being able to flip it and apply it to, to this. I mean, yeah. dance essentially is just problem solving. Mm. Just it's one thing leading to another, leading to another, and eventually tells a story or just eventually how you feel or what have you. But <clears throat> it's just problem solving over and over again. A lot of it is just problem solving. I think. Wow. Yeah. So that kind of segues really nicely into the next question. So, how do you think 
that the way you think or the way you move as an artist affects the non-creative aspects of your life? Mm. Or do they? Does it? I think they do. Um, in, in negative and positive ways. Okay, I want to hear about both. <laughs> the negative ways is that all I want to do is be creative and not worry about any of the other stuff. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> okay. um, I can't do that, unfortunately. Um, not many people can. Okay. But that's okay. Um, I think, like I said, it really helps with problems. For mm -hmm. sure. Um, I think it's helped a lot with um, learning life lessons as well. Uh, perseverance, um, for sure. Um, really honing my, my work, work ethic, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just a, a lot of a lot of life lessons as well. Um, it's also kind of just helped my creative process in general, mm. um, and really understanding when to slow things down and understanding when to speak things up. Mm -hmm. um, it's changed the way I kind of listen to to music as well, and that's mm -hmm. kind of opened up a lot of different avenues too. Um, yeah, it's. Um, I think it's affected my life to the point where there's no life without dance, really. Like, even if I decide to stop dancing, I can't say that I didn't get here without it. Yeah. I think I needed to experience all of that to get to wherever I needed to go. Mm -hmm. um, and to to learn and to grow. There was just, there were so many things along the way that came up because of dance. Yeah. And I'm super fortunate for that. Um, that kind of helped me just learn how to be a better person. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of um, research out there talking about how dance affects um, the mind as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that has definitely change my perspective on dance mm -hmm. for the better of course um and uh it makes me look at dance in i was already looking at it in a good light but now i kind of look at it as like a, something that can <laughs> literally save the world or something yeah yeah and um i think it's really beautiful mm. Okay, I'm going to preface this next question with saying this is a part of my own morbid fascination, and I hope that I'm not like putting something into your mind that makes you like stay. <laughs> okay, and I have yet to Quite ask this question of, of these other dancers, but it has always um, fascinated me that dance, more than a lot of the other disciplines, is so physical, and I wonder just because age, we grow up, if there is, like, is that a conscious awareness that dancers have that, like, one day they will be unable to do something in the same way that they've done it? Does it feel like there's a timeline? Does it feel like I can always do this thing? I'll just shift how I do it. Like, I'm very fascinated by, by that piece and how that works. Yeah. Um, I'm still trying to figure this out as, <laughs> as I go, honestly. <laughs> uh, I'm still young, so... No. I'm not too worried about it yet. Yeah. But uh definitely the thoughts are there. Um uh, I, I think 
Man, honestly, I don't think I'm ever gonna stop dancing. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's anything ever gonna be a point. I think the capacity at which I dance sure. is gonna change for sure because people do get old mm-hmm. and their joints start to hurt and their back, you know, your back doesn't move like it used to. Okay. Which is fine. Uh, but they're still gonna be it's still gonna be there. Mm-hmm. Um for sure. Uh, I think a lot of dancers, too, um, dance well into their 50s, like still professionally. Um, I find that it's super interesting. Um, A lot of dancers just decide, you know, it's too much for my body and we need to stop. But it's always still... well, once you get once you get to a certain level, you realize that it's never going to really go away. Like that part of your life doesn't just disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, so the dancers that do decide to stop early on, it's still a part of your life. Yeah. Um, especially if they've been so kind of integrated into the community that it's mm-hmm. just, you know, that's their those are their people at that mm-hmm. point. That's their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So. Um, not to ta- not to go off on a tangent, but um, for example, in in the hip hop culture, yeah. even if you don't dance, there's always something else still related to hip hop culture. Mm. So if you do stop dancing, you can always be a graffiti writer, mm. right? You can always be a DJ mm. or an MC. You can always um, just learn more. Knowledge is one of the pillars of hip hop. So there's always something that you can still do to stay connected to the community because it's all kind of just one, um, it's one entity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with dance, it's kind of like a, well, dance in general, I think it's kind of like a similar thing um, where there are other parts of dance that aren't necessarily physical mm-hmm. that will still keep you connected to it, for sure. Um, yeah, I think me personally, I plan on dancing as long as as I can. Gonna roll you off as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I wake up every day feeling like I gotta stretch a little bit more. But, you know? <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's just part of it. It's part of the process, and um, I think through that process, it'll just make me more aware. Mm-hmm. And, and as a dancer and as a person, mm-hmm. and um, it'll just make me better and better until, you know, I might have to stop. Mm. I think the most beautiful thing about getting old is that you can now take what everything you've learned and pass it down to the next generation. So they can kind of go on their own journey mm-hmm. and hopefully they can do the same with you know their kids or whoever they're teaching like later on. Mm-hmm. So. It never really dies. Mm-hmm. You know? It just it just kind of manifests itself in different ways. Beautiful. I think that's beautiful. So you work with the collective, and I'm wondering now how does collaboration affect the creative process? Especially because it sounds like with you know drawing, that's more of a personal, individual thing. So I'm wondering yeah. how does it feel to bring other people into that process? How does it work? Um hmm. So with TFC, uh, I'm the artistic director. Um, my good friend Bao is the creative director, and we do most of the creative stuff that TFC releases. Um, so it's a lot of um, bouncing ideas off of each other, see what works, see what doesn't. 
Um, fortunately, it's not too much compromise because we kind of, we're pretty aligned when it comes to um, our creative minds, which is awesome. Um, of course, there are going to be points, and I have been points where we we weren't, um, but just a matter of kind of finding a compromise and, and moving forward from that. Um, I've done a few super low key like drawing projects with um, Jane, who's our uh, co founder, and it's a Shiva executive. Um, she's on April. Mm -hmm. Sorry. But <laughs> um, I've done a few like actual physical drawing projects. And um, that's usually cool because we kind of just let it, let the creativity just flow and see where it goes. It's never like, a, we never feel like we're in each other's space. Mm. I think it's really important to understand that when you are collaborating with somebody, it's, um, you're essentially being a little bit vulnerable. Right? You're, you're showing them something that you yourself, like that comes from inside of you, right? right? Even if it's like a, just like an example that you found on the internet, that's still something that you, like it sparked some sort of an interest in you yeah. because you, you know, creatively you, you, you like something. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's super important to take into account when you're finding something because then you're a little more um, understanding and sensitive from where they're coming from. Um, so I, I make sure to exercise that a lot instead of like completely shooting down somebody's idea, I try to work around it <clears throat> and see if I can, you know, work some of my idea into theirs or, and just see if we can come to sort of sort of the middle. Yeah. Um, again, unfortunately, um, it doesn't happen too often at all with uh, the team that I work with. And um, yeah, we're, we're, we're all pretty aligned with kind of the goal that we want to set and like the direction that we're moving in. So. so you have a good team and you don't have, you don't run into a lot of these issues. How did you all come together and how did you discover that you were all aligned? Was that alignment there first and then you decided to come together or were you guys together and then by happy circumstance found that you were all aligned in, in this particular way? Well, first and foremost, we're all dancers. So we all understand that world, mm -hmm. like 100%. Um, so that helped a lot. <clears throat> um, I kind of came after the fact. Mm -hmm. They came together first, it was the three of them. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm not 100% sure of the dynamic there, but I mean, they, they got to where they're at. Now, even without me, they probably still would have been doing crazy stuff. Um, but adding me into the mix, um, I guess, created it, it gave a little bit more of a creative vision than they had before, mm -hmm. um, which is definitely needed. And so now we're kind of on this. There's a lot more balance, I would say, um, now. 
before it was kind of just, uh, although we are create, all creative minds, we're creative in different ways. Um, and I think Val was kind of carrying a lot of that visually creative um, mindset. Mm. Whereas Brian and, and Jimmy were kind of on the, uh, um, they're very structured, but they're able to be creative in that structure. Mm. Um, I kind of am the healthy middle ground, I guess. <laughs> uh, so I, I kind of understand, or at least I'm working to understand both at the same time. Mm. Um, and so overall, we were kind of just able to really connect in that way and, and, and drive our points uh, home really well and just communicate better with each other. Mm. Um, we all also, and I want to make this a point, when, when you have a team, it's really important that everybody kind of feels heard, everybody has a voice. We make it a point um, to make everybody in the team feel heard and have a mm -hmm. voice. Um, by and it's it could be small things like in conversation, rather than interrupting somebody, just let them finish speaking. Yeah. Um, and even after they're finished speaking, kind of reaffirming our. Uh, Reaffirming what they said with, with some sort of follow. Um, yeah, there's there's been a, a couple of talks, and um, a lot of uh, a lot of digging on I, the idea that um, you know it's just really important for for everybody to feel like they belong, mm. and nobody is really above anybody else we're all kind of on the same level and everyone's just in their own field yeah um field of like expertise so it's it's pretty much a thing where like we don't necessarily work for each other or work for one another no one is the boss over anybody else but um everyone has their specialty and yeah. Because everyone has their specialty, we can always learn from each other. Mm. I think it's super, um, super important thing to have in, in the team. Beautiful. So one more question before I ask you about your lab project and things coming up. If you had, the series is called Dexter's Lab. Today's episode is Alex's Lab. If you had a laboratory where you could do your most creative work, what would it look like? What would be in there? It'd be a mess. <laughs> I know, right? A good mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything and everything uh, to just allow not just me, but other people to mm. kind of feel comfortable in that space. Mm. Uh, if that's computers and, and, uh speakers and, and a dance floor and like art equipment so be it um yeah if it's like couches and pillows and things sure okay <laughs> you know um 
yeah, I don't think I have like a set. Um, yeah, I don't think there's one set thing or or things that that I would need necessarily. I think it's it's constantly changing. Um, and I don't just worry about myself. I worry about other people that are inviting me into my space too. Interesting. Um, so I think their needs are just as important as well. So yeah, it could be anything. It could be anything. Generous. Definitely. If it's just a big box, a big empty box where people just bring stuff, cool. Uh-huh. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> so tell me more about your lab project. What are you guys working on? Oh, we're working on a lot of stuff, but um, I think our lab project is uh, an event. Hopefully, it will happen um, once all this COVID craziness is over. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, it's a it's a dance event, um, and what we are trying to do with this event is create uh, a system where we can really like just connect with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the idea was to have it be like a kind of like a like a uh, kind of like picking teams like in in the schoolyard mm. back in the day and basically each team has a captain and they just choose uh from like a list of dancers who wants to be on their team and then they kind of get together and, and go at it from there um i think using that the the idea is to just really, really connect more with our community and, and cool. show, you know, the talent that this community has and what we're really, really about. Um, so that is definitely one of the projects that we've been working on. Um, other things we've been working on, uh, we have a space right now, which is awesome, um, in Cambridge. We have put together a system where dancers can come in. Um, and everyone has a time slot. Um, and it's all just people from our community that really just needed space during yeah. this time. Um, I know it's been hard because we've had a lot of closures as well. Yeah. Uh, so getting the space was just, um, it was a dream come true, honestly. Um, and uh, we've been running that for a little bit. It's gonna be a little longer too, yay. <laughs> and uh yeah it's really facilitating um the work that our dance community is doing right now and we just really want to do the most for them mm. because they gave us so much already yeah yeah amazing well where can people learn more about the flavor continues where can they find your guests Flavor Continues. Uh, we have a website, flavorcontinues.org. Definitely check that out. Uh, we have an Instagram, Flavor Continues. Check that out. Awesome. Facebook, Flavor Continues. Check that out too. I already follow up. Uh, awesome. <laughs> Do what Jay did. Exactly. Be like me. Um, exactly. Uh, we also have a few things coming up as well. Um, so be safe too. Awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, and that's it. Cool. Anything you want to leave us with? Any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, just keep going. <laughs> keep 
keep going. Yeah. I know times are tough, and man, I've been through the worst of it during this quarantine. I will say, I don't doubt that there's more stuff on along the way, but you never know. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could hit the highest of highs in like a, a day, in a week. You don't know. Just keep going. Yeah. Well, I think that's a mic drop. Uh, thank you so much for <laughs> your time to speak with me today. I love learning more about you and your thoughts. So thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you for facilitating the space for me to kind of just talk to you. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Truly a pleasure. Dexter's Lab is made possible by a partnership between the Boston Foundation and Dunamis. To learn more about the Boston Foundation, visit www.tbf.org and follow on Instagram and Twitter at BostonFDN and on Facebook at the Boston Foundation. You can follow Dunamis on all platforms at Dunamis Boston. That's D-U-N-A-M-I-S Boston. Or visit us at dunamisboston.org. Until next time, and thanks for listening. Stay creative. <laughs>